now beaming into Nerd FT Radio. This is Nerd FT Radio, where nerds full-time explorers of the metaverse, surfers of the blockchain, and not in our mom's basement. I'm your host, RSG, a.k.a. The Misser, and I'm here with Crypto Crier, <laughs> a.k.a. The Pepe Vacay Crier. That's right, baby. And... I, we have a very special guest. We have Josh, the head of business development at Cathedral Studios, joining us to talk a little bit about a game I am petrified of playing, which Cryer <laughs> absolutely loves, That's which right. is the Bornless. How are you, Josh? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you guys, you guys having me on, and I'm looking forward yeah, to this one. This is fun. We met in East Denver. Oh, it's a couple, what was it? How long ago was that? Like a month ago, two months ago? Two months. It's been a while. It's tough to keep seven, track of all the events. Seven I've been. Years. I had to take a like break. Years, it's but... been a long yeah. time, but so we went to East Denver. There was quite a few games there, a ton of games. I thought comparatively to the previous times, usually the games are pretty small, right? You don't get a lot of mention on them. NFTs are all small, uh, so it doesn't get a lot of traction. I felt like there was a lot of games there. I played probably about I don't know twenty five, thirty games, and you guys had the best game. So I want to get you guys on. It was super fun. I played this game all the time on Steam called Hunt, and it gave me a lot of Hunt vibes. I loved it. But it's the whole idea of a little bit of the horror aspect. Again, I'm not a big horror fan either. Just as she says here, I was like petrified of Resident Evil back when I was Same a kid. <laughs> like, not my forte, but I don't know. The competitive aspect really just changes it for me. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about it and uh, what you guys are building. Yeah, man. Definitely, yeah. And it's cool that you mentioned that because we are very much a horror-themed game, but we haven't lost sight of the core focus of the FPS genre either for us. So that's really important that we maintain that. A bit of competitive integrity. We like to say we're not we're not totally building the game to be like esports, competitive-only kind of thing. We really want to cater towards like the mid-core players, and we still want to capitalize on some of the horror theming as well, too. We do that now in the current game mode through the environments, yeah, through the demons, sure. and we don't utilize jump scares and stuff like that, but it's more so about the ambience yeah. of the game, right? So it's a twist on, you know, on an underserved genre right now, which is horror, and that's one, one thing we knew we could capitalize on because we got some amazing character artists that make some crazy cool demons and monsters and characters and it's, it's just a really fun multiplayer experience at the end of the day with some really cool horror stuff So let on. me ask you really quick. So there's no jump scares. Can you confirm that? I can confirm that in the multiplayer modes. I will not confirm that for the single player Prior, modes. I'm down. And I'm so down. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. For you <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not, I don't like it at all. I, Hunt was, my friend was like, dude, you gotta play Hunt. It's so much fun. I'm like, dude, this looks fucking scary. I'm not gonna play it. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to be scared. I want to be like and again like it, as soon as i i mean i put like, i don't know i put like 600 hours into that game or some crazy shit like we used to play it all Lord. the time that's great in october really quick in october i'm a massive i was at least i played warzone all the time call of duty since call of duty like two the whole yeah, everything yeah. like that every october for the last two three years they've done like a halloween edition of warzone and when you open a chest it just jump scares I'm glad if you can put this into scale from one to very scared. I'm literally at very scared where I don't play Warzone for the whole month of October because I know I'm going to shit my pants playing it and accidentally opening the wrong chest. So just put that in perspective. 
Yep. No, that, that's a fair point. I'm a big uh, FPS, kind of traditional FPS player myself too. But uh, the horror stuff, what we do have in the multiplayer is really tense moments. And that's yeah, something we really like to capitalize on, but not so much that it's, I'm scared of this moment. It's more so tense gameplay through 100%. maybe your, your teammates down and it's a 1v2. You got the demon hunting you, but you got to try to clutch this 1v2 at yeah, the point. Awesome. So it's like, we want to build those tense moments while just having the horror app. And that's, that's, that's why I liked it so much too. Again, it was like we had, so it was a, it was like a land party almost essentially. We had, I think it was like, 10 of us right i think it's eight, eight, eight people, people. Okay, eight yeah. people we have so we had game, eight yeah. people at the east denver booth they had a couple i actually got the partner i can't remember which guy it was but the redheaded guy i think it was brandon or brendan Brenton. oh brenton yeah brenton he's yeah, ahead so, of game. Yeah, uh, yeah. we got in there got a little dirty on it i remember killing you and you looking over and being like what's up man? you did i actually vividly remember you <laughs> killing me to be honest with you there you go. He, he was coming in hot and i was like oh i'm gonna get this motherfucker here <laughs> but yeah no it was very intense it was like and then all of a sudden you're just getting hit in the back by some like monster and you're like holy i gotta run like someone else is shooting me no, i did it was fucking awesome what are some of the you know again this is kind of like a nft experience of web3 enabled what kind of aspects to that are you bringing to the table for your game yep yeah, definitely. So right now, it's worth saying we've been very much building as a Web 2 to 2.5 kind of centric game early on in development. And just to give you some pre pretext to like my answer here, our goal with Web 3 that we believe actually, you know, fundamentally as well is introducing Web 3 elements over time as we continue to onboard players and traditionally taking a big Web 2 marketing approach, bringing players in, having Web 3 available at the time, but slowly implementing it more and more as we go. Because we think Slow, what we've like noticed, <laughs> exactly, early on, we've seen a lot of these kind of Web3 models just come in so hot and heavy with, hey, you got to hold this to play the game, you got to connect your wallet here, with, and people are just like, nah, I'm good, yeah. So we're taking a very Web2-centric approach with our game, but to, that was just a pretext. But what we do have is one thing we know we're going to capitalize on is building a really cool, robust skin economy and cosmetic economy. For us, NFTs and cosmetics marry really well. So that for us is a given. And what we, we accomplished that with a really cool crafting system. So you didn't see this in the version you played, but what we'll have as you were going around and picking up those chests, yeah, yeah. and right now we just had the incense coming out. Eventually, we're going to have materials coming out of these chests as well that whether it be for arguments like let's just say wood, metal, and diamond, those not necessarily might be it, but... And what you do is if you if only if you win the match, you take these resources oh, nice. back out to your safe house with you. And that'll tie into a really kind of dynamic crafting system we're building out. That includes like cosmetics, weapon skins. We have really cool, those like these masks that are like cultist looking that you can customize. And so that all those assets that we create will operate as NFTs. And basically the, the game flow early on is these materials and resources will start off as web two, just for the sake of being able to onboard steam players and this sure. and that. And after that point of crafting that asset is when you start to hit Web3. So now you have this weapon skin. This is an NFT asset yeah. that you own. No you different this, than CSGO co skin. Mask. It's just now you can act, just transfer Exactly. It. So basically, it's the, same, it's the same to CSGO up until the point of opening that skin. And at that point, now you have that NFT that you can mint, trade. And then we'll facilitate this really cool sort of Web3 marketplace with that, with those assets and those cosmetics. And over time, we want to introduce more and more. We, as far as the token side of it as well, we took the approach of not launching a token 10 months before we had a game like basically every other game did. <laughs> we believe, again, the same thing, introducing an economy, building an economy and actually bringing players into it first. And then slowly, if we see a token fit, then we can introduce it. For us, we're taking very much like leaning towards the Web2 side. It's but just very much believe to in the integrate tech. all of them at a later date when it's actually exactly. a polished exactly. game and yep. actually works. And... <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. And to this point, we feel pretty confident as how, how polished we are. We think we've, I mean, we're about two years in now. We're actually in the middle of doing our Unreal 5 port. I know last time you played, actually, the game is wildly well, we different. We played on those like really it. shitty laptops. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> so it was terrible. The graphics were like, we got to give minimum. you another shot. Yeah. And even with that, so like, realistically, I got really bad graphics, bad gameplay because I was playing on a piece of shit computer, like, not yep. like an Intel graphics HD card or some crap. Integrated graphics, graphics, yeah. <laughs> I actually downloaded yeah. on my computer. I haven't jumped in yet. I've been waiting to get some other people to join us. But uh, no, I definitely think Unreal 5, that'll definitely give it... Uh, the atmosphere of it was so cool. Like the, I think the Unreal 5 too will yeah. make it even more... It might be a little oh, it's bit beautiful. too much for our shit now with the Unreal 5. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> we What we have now in the live build is actually even that's two months old. So the one you played is actually pretty close to what's public. We're pushing... We're just doing some final bug tests for our next update, which should be going in the next like one to two weeks Unreal Engine 5 port is hoping to get into that, but we've redone all the lighting systems. We've polished a bunch of the map. There's a whole bunch of new features now. We have a flashlight in the game that you can toggle on and off. We have a ping system, like in Hunt, you can ping locations for your teammates. There's loads of stuff I probably am not even thinking of at the moment that we have being pushed in the next couple of weeks, which is great. That's kind of one aspect I wanted to ask about, too, because I really like the map. And I think that is a really integral part. To, that's why I like Hunt a lot, because it was very, we had five almost like ecosystems on one single map to fight. And you can fight exactly. over here in the boxes area, or you can go over here and it's all wooded, or at the sawmill it's all water, and you have to you walk really slow and loud. What are the, some of the things that you guys are working on? Because I think that makes a huge difference in the, just a multiplayer competitive CSGO that's been around forever, because the maps have like great angles and great competitiveness. Exactly. Yep, I would definitely say map design is one of the very strong points of the studio. Our head of game, first of all, Branton, that you met, his strong suit is actually level design. His background is a lot of that. And we actually, a couple of, we're very much a combination. We don't tout ourselves as this AAA studio, but we have a good combination of indie, AA, and AAA talent. And a bunch of our AAA talent, or a couple of guys, come from the five. Uh, the Far Cry series, actually, from so that they're our map design team, the level design team, which is fantastic. That level took a lot of work, and as far as some stuff we have coming up, we do have actually two or three game modes in the pipeline that are all going to have different kind of unique maps. One of them I can hint at a little bit, sort of like this kind of temple-based map. That it's this dark setting again, as usual, with this temple in the center, and what the players do on this map is very different than the current game mode, I will say. But and then we also working on a really unique sort of horde mode. I say horde mode just to generalize it, but it's it's quite different than like zombies, for example. It'll have some familiarity, familiar like aspects with perks and things you can pick up to bu- and buffs and stuff like that. But the approach we've taken on the level design specifically and how the horde works is a bit different. So that one's a bit further out that we're working on because that's we have a little more work in that one to do. But and then single player as well, we have a really cool environment being built out for our single player. Uh, it's going to be a chapter based series, so. We're just going to release one chapter at a time. It'll probably be like an hour long experience, maybe give or take, depending on how deep into it you get. But And then every season we'll release new chapters with single player for the player to jump in and experience. Love that idea. Awesome. Hey, really quick. I will say you you intrigued me there with the zombies. I'm a massive zombie band. Left Left for Dead, Zombie Island, yeah. like a bunch, or what is it? Dead Island, excuse me. Dead, Dead, Island. Island. Dead, Dead Island. Dead Island. By Island. the way, that just came out. I heard it was not that bad, the second one. But I did have a question. So good. what's going on our side, more, more on my side, when I think about NFTs, when I think about the blockchain and all these... I don't like to say false promises, but false promises of all these PFP projects and all these gaming Web3 projects, why are they having such a hard time creating a game like pretty much what you guys already have? Why is the competition so 
leveled down when we were expecting so much more? Is it harder because it's about that integration with blockchain or are we just not understanding that it takes years and (laughs) hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to create these (laughs) world-class games? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that's to hit both aspects of that question. One is, I like to tell this to people, we haven't even been through one game development cycle in Web3 yet because if you think about AAA games, they traditionally will take anywhere from two to five years, depending on the complexity of it. And Web3 gaming has been big now for what, three years tops? It's been around a bit longer than that, but like it's been mainstream for let's say three years, best case scenario. And most AAA games haven't had a chance to develop a full game in that time. If you think about how long it's going to take, I'm not going to use Call of Duty because they just rehash the same content every year, but other games that like when Call of Duty first moved to Warzone. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a reskin, right? These games take time. And then you factor in this blockchain element as well. And we saw in gen what everyone was trying these kind of crazy play to earn economies where we just, you can earn thousands of dollars playing the game for a week and this and that. And we learned quickly that wasn't going to work. That's just not sustainable. And as a model, it's not that's flawed. It's just that, this is like a deeper discussion I have with a lot of people. It's play to earn can work, but you can't like the developers, they, they set the monetary policy, right? They're the federal reserve. And if they're setting it to the point where this guy can come in and make $500 a week, when there's only a hundred players playing the game and participating in this economy, it's not going to work. Right. We know that these things can work. If you have 500,000, a million players, you can start to introduce some cool elements like this, but we're far too early to be able to really create really good, sustainable models and, I think a lot of games have placed the focus too much on that 100%. as opposed to creating the game itself. And we did the literally the exact polar opposite. All of our competition, they have tokens out already. They have games that are well, starting to be developed yet. now. We have the game almost ready, and then we'll figure that stuff out. But then we'll launch the token. Then we'll have the NFT integrations and all that. It's, to your point, a lot of false promises for that reason because a lot of them don't realize that when they get into game development, when they do all this stuff first and they make these promises, game development's hard. I'll tell you that straight out. It's not easy, right? So it takes time. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of money in a lot of cases. I think once they get into the weeds, and we're seeing that now because we're about, what, 18 months past like peak bull. And most companies that raise that for a 12 to 24 month burn rate, we're starting to see these guys run out of money, right? That's what's happening now. And we're going to see more and more of that until they get, and raising funds is not easy in this market, no. which we know. So it's a multifaceted it the, problem. Uh, like the fire hose problems. a couple, maybe a year and a half ago. And now it's a trickle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know, great point you brought up too. We have... All these economies that pretty much have failed, people don't really, they get in there, get FOMO'd, get out, and now the game is stale or you don't keep that idea fresh. I love the idea of the model season model because one of the, my favorite thing about all of these things is if you're making a Web3 game, especially with a token, usually your business model is different than it used to be. Usually it's going to be a free-to-play exactly. game and there's going to be token integrations and then you're buying assets to play the game. And as a company, you make money off the volume. What is like your idea on that at that side? More so just you're already funded. Is that kind of the model where we are, we're just going to make a good game? That's it. Um, or is it going to be something where you're looking for these types of monetization aspects? Yeah, that's a great, that's a fantastic question. So to your point, our business models have to be different in Web3, right? Because we can't monetize the same way the Web2 studios do. And then it makes it, that makes it really challenging for us. This goes back to your point as well about why aren't they making good games is it's actually tough to sustain as a studio with some of these models that we've seen. But that's what we identified to your point. The season pass model is like a perfect alignment with NFTs because 
with NFTs, it's okay. We know, and that's like a Counter-Strike, I guess, from a Web2 perspective. They do the same thing in the sense where they have case releases that are three months, but then you can't get those cases anymore, right? So then the value gets driven up. They basically created an NFT economy NFT, without yeah, creating an sure. NFT economy, essentially. So what we identified is we can still maintain great sort of supply-demand dynamics with NFTs through seasonal-based, collectible, limited-time editions, basically. So within this three-month period, you can get this content. Within that three-month period for season two, you'll have separate content. That way, season one people, it's not like you're not just rehashing the same content over and over again. So it gives value to the older players' assets, but also brings in new ones as well. And we can sell, for us anyways, the business model. Season passes are a big part of that. So we know traditionally, like in Fortnite, Apex, Warzone, all these games, we know that's a prevalent model right now. We can apply that to our Web3 model as well, where someone comes in and gets that season pass for seven, eight bucks cheap. And they'll get that single player chapter for the season. They'll get a pack of the assets for that for that part of the season. They'll get a whole bunch of different things, basically, that they can get access to with the season pass. So that's one core part of our model. And the second comes into, which we didn't really talk about, the other half of like our NFT model, which is split Web 2 and Web 3 as well, is our land, so our safe houses. We're building a really robust social economy and faction system within our game. So... Our safe houses, you can picture them as like traditional player housing for your guild or your faction if you guys played like MMOs back in the day. Reminds me of Tarkov. Um, I think we had talked about this in the, at East Denver. I think, yeah, I think Tarkov, yeah, they have hideouts, I believe. I didn't play a ton of Tarkov only when it first came out, but essentially, let's say you have. You, you're uh, able to extract and you're able players. to win, you get the items, and then you're able to build it up. Exactly. Yeah. So you go back and you go back to your safe house with your faction and you'll be able to actually really upgrade and customize this thing to an extensive point, basically, where you can add different furnishings, collectibles. We'll have our all our crafting will be done in there. Eventually, we want to introduce faction based like blueprints that they can all collaborate towards and build really cool shit furniture and you can actually expand the safe house itself as well. So you'll start off and we have our free to play one already built. It's like this little log cabin has a couple of rooms in an attic. And to make it out, you have to unlock different sections as you progress cool. through and open up different sections of the house. But, and then what we'll have is we have different collectible safe houses as well. A couple already built, we have this kind of cool bat cave sewer system that you can, reminds me like a Ninja Turtle or something. And then we're also building some really cool rare like castles, Victorian mansions kind of stuff, all stuff that fits in like the 1950s theme. And these safe houses all come with different unique abilities and perks too for the collectible NFT ones. So some of them will have access to certain resources that they'll be able to have and use for crafting or trading, whatever. So we're really looking to build a kind of robust social economy as well within the game. And doing that with this safe house system is the way for us. Very cool. We also talked about, there's a lot of games that we saw at Eat Denver. You're, I think it was, I think it was a sh shorter guy, but he kept saying these were all, these are all assets of, free or asset Asset packs. Uh, yes what kind of what kind of ideas we got going on here for that side of it we got a lot of yeah we that that's a conversation so branton the one you met our head of game he loves talking about this because and i'm a victim of this as well for my early web3 investing days when i first came in before i, I started actually working and it, it's you get fooled by these asset packs right you think like they show you this trailer they show you this game they show you the visuals and it's funny, and I talk to my head of game now, Branton, and he'll say, oh, yeah, I know that asset pack. You can buy this on the asset store. Oh, I know that one, too. They just bought these and loaded yeah. them into the game. There's no real work done here. It's, and for us, it's so different. We built a studio in-house. We don't outsource anything. We have like three or four character artists that come through. They make all of our weapons. They're making all of our monsters. They're making our characters. We use asset packs for some placeholders for now because, obviously, we're an alpha game. We have a long way to go. But... We don't like any like kind of unique stuff, especially NFTs, God forbid, using anything from the asset store, but we see it all the time. 
He was sitting there picking out the games that he Denver saying, oh, yeah, I recognize this asset pack. He's, oh, this one is a whole game mode. You can just download and install and the whole game is done. Yeah, it's, I think it's crazy what's Zena out there. Or something like that. can't remember which one it was, but yeah, it was straight yep. up like Dark Soul Rip yeah, and Terrible. Exactly. One of the, I think I did see yep. one of the things I thought was really cool that you guys were working on, too, was the AI-generated skins for Mutable X Binting. Do you want to cover that a little bit? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we built it. We, it's in prototype right now. And this is going to tie into the material resource system we talked about. Essentially, what we built is an integration with OpenAI, which is Dolly, the AI image generator. And we integrated that right into the game with our weapon system. And essentially what we can do, uh, you can go in, and this isn't how it's going to be implemented in the game, but you can go and type in whatever you want. And we've masked off the weapon in a way that it actually applies it right directly as a skin. And then that weapon will then have, be able to be minted right to blockchain. Right now it's working on testnet, not live, obviously. So that's the prototype pretty much in its basic form. It's pretty much an AI GC system. The long-term plans for, and this is like probably something we're going to start development on and then now for another six months or so is to really, really become the hub for horror in Web3. So this is where we start to lean into creating our UGC tooling and allow users use our assets. They'll be able to bring assets in from other games. We're already talking with a couple to do some cool things with. And they'll be able to actually create their own horror experiences using these assets, our tooling, some presets that we can give them. And then they'll be able to actually sell these assets on a store or marketplace we're going to build, similar to the skin economy. And really the long-term goal of this is to be the hub for horror and Web3. So if you want to create a horror experience, you want to monetize it, you're a developer, or you just want to mess around with some assets, create a cool little game mode, dead we'll give you some of our monsters. You can bring your, your you can bring your dead fellas <laughs> NFT and we'll have a bit of a process. We're actually, this is low key, we're talking with a really big, eight of those. we're talking with a really big Web2 UGC company right now to sort some of this out. But the idea is that you'll be able to bring some of that stuff in. And load it into the game, and then you can do Dead Fellas versus Orbis, our demon, and do a little game mode or something like that. And if it's good, you can actually sell it on this marketplace, similar to Roblox, for yeah. example. So we will essentially take the Roblox model, but focus strictly on the niche that we're in, which is horror, and dominate that, which we know is underserved and potentially massive. Let me ask you, Josh, on the sense of like, when you talk about your t- that you're talking with these massive Web2 companies and you're partnered with some of them as well, you can go ahead and just check on the website. You, get, you When you look at it, you're like, oh, Amazon, oh, all these other things. When you talk to these other companies that are in Web2, what's their like, What's the scale of interest temperature in on Web3? Yeah, yeah, what's that temperature? Are they seeing yeah. it as an opportunity to disrupt gaming as a whole? Or is it just something that they'd rather they throw like a rock into it to see maybe it does something, it maybe do it doesn't. Might do a little Let's numbies. just try it out. So what's that take when you <laughs> right. talk with them? Are they excited or is it more the sense of they send one or two people, like, hey, just figure it out to see if it's something? Yep. No, totally. So th- that's depending on which ones we talk to. And I'll preface this too, because I always get skeptical when I see something like AWS or Microsoft listed on a website and it's all, because they use AWS servers, they have them listed. With us, it is a bit different. We actually work with them on a regular basis, some, partially with their AI team, which is not the Web3 centric team, but we also are working with some of their NDA 8 products, which people have already been leaking out over the past few months. And I can tell you them in particular, they are, they're going to be diving in heavy for sure. And I, like really heavy. Some of the others, like we talked to NVIDIA is very big on, yeah, NVIDIA is big on the metaverse, not specifically like Web3 gaming in general, but NVIDIA obviously being a massive AI company and all of that stuff. The metaverse is really attractive to them. So I get invited all the time because we're in their startup program and have like every week they have some kind of cool different like webinar going on about the metaverse, some AI content in the metaverse. It's pretty cool. So they're not as heavy just into Web3 gaming. 
specifically, but they definitely see the power in these virtual worlds and Web3s are powering a lot of these metaverses. Sure. So it goes hand in hand. And that's pretty much right now in the bear market, it's been tough because you could definitely tell some of them have had to maintain this kind of neutral yeah. Temperature, so to speak, because Meta's if they go too heavy right now, they get people. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So they've been pretty neutral recently. And I think for a lot of them, it is like something on the back burner. Cause obviously, like Amazon's a great example. They make shitloads of money doing what they do. Right. So for them, this is experimental, but they also see opportunity there. And that's why it's, it's still very much in their pipeline. But I can tell you, there's a few companies going very deep into it for sure. Raise, actually, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Razor is a great yep. example. They just launched a Web3 yeah, we, fund. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Oh, there you go. Yep, exactly. And the yeah, other thing we talked thing. about was Perfect, prior. Yeah. We're current um, with our news, my friend. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> this is where you should get your news. The other thing that you, you did mention <laughs> on the Amazon side, obviously there's been rumors circling around the web, the worldwide web, that they are trying to do something with NFTs at, at like a marketplace. So if things align correctly, maybe... Amazon comes and saves our PFP bags and hypothetically <laughs> could then save web, not save web three gaming, but just allow it to be explored a lot more when yeah. companies like an Amazon awesome. or a Microsoft or an Apple like dive into it. Speaking of Apple, I'm not a big Apple guy on the computer wise, but like, you guys like you just said, see you later, Mac. Like you just didn't want to. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of it comes down to the developing on Macs. The way, so I I don't know this firsthand, but this goes from our developers. Apparently some new chipset that the Macs use are just a pain in the ass to work with. Just like the Apple. And and to be able to optimize for it. So it's like, we're just staying away for now. They're not using Intel. We'll probably port the console before we hit Mac. So it's a fucking pain in the ass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. As you can tell, Cryer's not a big Apple guy. The iPhone, that's fine, but... Are you an Android or an iPhone, Josh? Oh, I'm an Android guy. No. That's what I'm talking I'm about. Am I the minority guy. right now? Yeah. Because this is ridiculous. Because we're <laughs> we fucking know. I... Get out of here. Yep. Get get. My wife has the iPhone, and I make fun of her every day. I try, I can't even use it. It's so it just feels so yeah, unintuitive. So like I so the one thing I tell people I can't do without a back button or a home button, and her back button is like all the way at the top left, and I'm like, what is? It just feels weird to me. I'm not used to it, so I stick Wild. my Android. All right, it is what it is. <laughs> right. I knew that was coming. Uh, did you really? I did. Yeah, I, I definitely knew that was good. <laughs> all right, all right. Josh, let me ask you on the sense of all these other games that you have seen. Again, you guys were at ETH Denver. You played some of those. What other games talk are shit you on. personally not? We're not going to talk shit about them. What, what other games, not just in ETH Denver, overall in the Web3 space, yeah, what other games about. have you looked at that you're actually excited for or you're like, oh crap, this could be something not that can compete with us, but more of the sense share a part of the space when it comes to Web3 gaming? Yep. No. So for me, as much time as I get to spend, usually in my free time, and I say this too, it's funny, I play like web two games. Oh, me too. We we both do. But okay. But so the ones I'm looking out for is some of the ones we're actually talking with that I think is super cool. Obviously, Shrapnel. I have high hopes for them. I did play the at GDC. I did play their their demo. So they're making some cool progress. I think they're going to be a big one, obviously. I do. Obviously, Dead Drop. Everyone's for us. For us, it, regardless of like how you feel about Dead Drop as a game, it gets eyes on the doc. The doc, ha- yeah. the doc has the exactly the world is on the world NFT world is on his shoulders yeah, right now, and he can definitely sway in a lot of different directions. And just the way uh, he's that dro- one's like obviously the way he's doing it, or just like the way he's like presenting it is that sounds awesome. Like it's a hundred thousand dollar item, it does. It sounds- or it's a twenty thousand dollar item that this person right. just extract that adds a ton of I don't know suspense or the ten- the intensity on that the suspense yeah, it's wild exactly. yeah so uh, those two obviously in the fps genre for me are what i'm looking at i did i've been i just started following wild okay, yeah, card recently they, they look really cool that's a check super polished they, game it was awesome yeah they're they're great so i just started following them a couple of weeks ago when i heard about them and i really like what i see over there on those guys that looks fantastic 
And then the one I actually, another one I played at GDC just to kind of test out is Project Alloon was pretty Alluvium cool. Alluvium? No, Alloon? Project Alloon. Oh, E-L-U-N-E? Okay, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty cool. They, it's, it's it, like it an was MMO, different. right? And yeah, it was like an arena battler. The version they had, the game mode they had playable anyways. I know they have a lot more planned, but... And then I'm not a big tabletop card guard guy anymore. I used to play a ton of Magic back in my day. But this Across the Ages looks pretty cool. And I haven't had a chance to play it yet. But, Parallel, we also did. You know, they, were, they were really cool. Parallel was the other one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the Rainy Games I've been hearing a lot about. I haven't had a chance to check that one out yet, but people are talking about them a lot. Yeah, so the ones out of those, I had, I have, I got to look up Shrapnel and Rainy Games. I haven't heard those two, but everything else, I agree with. Shrapnel's big, yeah. Shrapnel's going to be a big one, I think. They, they have a really polished AAA team. What, was it, what style and, of game um, is it? They make it basically Tarkov in oh, Mark cool. Three, essentially. So it's an extraction shooter, similar to Dead Drop, but obviously Dead Drop's more like this yeah, vertical yeah, yeah. shooter. Shrapnel's like more traditional Tarkov. extraction cool. shooter. Yeah, a little more, I think sci-fi than Tarkov but yeah same kind of theming which is uh, and for us obviously we're going for horror so out of the FPS is Dead Drop Shrapnel and us is who I'd probably put top three I like okay. that hey Cryer listen that was a great answer that not only did we get like one or two we got <laughs> yeah. six so now we gotta follow up now we gotta get yeah, all these yeah. people it's on our good, show here let's go 100% but it's really good to hear that again on your side because when we talked about it a little bit before some of these games that were promised some of these videos that we saw some of these things just overall that we saw it didn't come into fruition. It's not happening and, or it's still 20, 30 years away and people are realizing, Oh crap, it takes a lot of time and effort and money to make these games. So for you to go out there and be like, Hey, there are others and you need to be aware of them. That's definitely something for us. Cryer, you and I, we've had the fortunate opportunity of testing some of those games out as well as streaming them and getting these individuals on the podcast so that we can hopefully bridge that that nerd that web 2 nerd that we both all three of us are into this web yeah, 3 fandom that again all three of us are so it literally just aligns directly towards one another when you think of all the incredible things that we did growing up with all these video games and what nfts and the blockchain can provide those games in these assets that we've been collecting for the past 20 25 years so i'm super excited and it's awesome just to hear that there are other games like oh like that are piquing your interest and yeah. you guys are ready to rock and it takes roll. takes time, man. Just like how we yeah. did, we talked exactly. with Bettner. He was the, he's the CEO of Wildcard. They've been making that Wildcard, for six yeah. years. Yeah. And he that wasn't even That's planned to be with NFTs. And it just happens to be integrated right. really well because it is like a card battler, right? Like NFTs exactly, there isn't yeah. a better genre than tabletop cards than NFTs. I totally like, agree. I totally the tradeability, agree, yeah. the, there's so many aspects of that make it like the best possible one. Like skins are like... All right, we yep. get skins. Yeah, you get you can trade them. Perfect. Yep. But I have my entire card collection here with me on yeah. my phone. Let's fucking go. That's fucking sick. Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, he did I, a great job. And he was saying the same things. Like, it's he's super skeptical about all, what they can actually accomplish. Transactions are still super low. We're still in these phases of building. And it's going to be another five years before these exactly. things like, actually. Yeah. We say that now. We don't want mass no, users yet. We, but it's, it's Exactly. But it's really cool because what we've done is we've built this really fun, organic grassroots community that we can build with. And I was talking to the Shrapnel guys about this, actually, and they'll tell you, anyone that's been in game development for this long will tell you, we don't show games this early yeah. ever in, in oh, traditional no. gaming. That just doesn't happen. What people see in Web3, which is why it gets such a bad rep, they're like, oh, this game looks like shit. Normally, games don't show this early. But at the same time, and I tell people all this too, all the time, I've been a gamer a lot longer than I've been a Web3 nerd. And I've been a Web3 a long time, but I've been a gamer a lot longer, so I will not compromise right. on what I want to see Absolutely. in gaming. And 100%. Web3 for me is still secondary, always. So that's the way I, I feel. That. Hey, that's why we're still playing those Web2 games in that free time, because it's just next Every level. Day. It's next level <laughs> compared to what we have. But 
the future is bright and hopefully we can it's get coming. it. But Josh, let me ask you for you guys, any brand new, like upcoming things that you guys are looking forward to over on the born less side? Yeah, definitely. So the big one for us is obviously this update coming out in a couple of weeks with this big Unreal Engine 5 port. The game is looking absolutely gorgeous in our development build right now. And one kind of thing we haven't teased too much yet, we do have some a very kind of minor version of bots in the game as well for those that can't fill lobbies. Just go through and have some fun in the game without having that real competitive That's what I did. I I download my computer and I'm like, oh, I can only play during these times. Yeah. Shit, like... I want exactly. To fire up exactly. My so we'll do that. That's the next step for us to hopefully get some people to have some fun with it. And then the last thing is definitely be on the lookout on the Epic Games storefront. We should have a coming soon page up in the next couple of weeks, which should be sick. We did get accepted with the was one of the first twenty Web three games, whatever the article sick. said. We're one of them, which is that's great. Awesome. So we'll be on there soon. That's awesome, Josh. Thank you so much for stopping by. More than welcome to come by. Maybe one of these days, Cryer, we can do like a little stream, and I'll. I'll make it a thing where I won't get like, I'm going to try the single player and I want to see some jump scares and we're going to just stream it. Cry. And we're going to see how it goes. Do I sleep for the next three days? Who knows? Will it be good content? Probably, but we'll go ahead and see it on that side, but super excited. Thank you so much for stopping by before we leave though. Crier. I got to mention some nerd stuff. Like we always do on our episodes. Have you crier seen the latest trailer for the flash movie? I've not. Oh, no, I don't think so. Does it just come out or no? Yes. I saw the yes, one, the yeah. previous one. You're the nerd. Oh, You're the karmic nerd. Look at your my... room. <laughs> yeah. I see the <laughs> yes. Avengers. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I, I was about to hit the other side of Marvel <laughs> that I can just tell you that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming up in literally a week and one Ooh, day. So, go, baby. Eight days. And oh, they just showed days. a little clip of like when Rocket finally just named himself Rocket and he had his friends. I probably have to bring tissues to this movie because I'm going to be <laughs> sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. But super awesome movies coming out very soon, so I'm super excited. And on the other side of shows, I'm still – I can't talk Mandalorian with you, and I can't talk like Star Wars with you, so I can't talk how excited I am to see my boy Thrawn in live action. But it is what it is. But like I said, Josh, thank you so much for stopping by. For everyone listening at home, thank you guys for tuning into another episode. We'll catch you next week with another episode of Nerd FT Radio. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. And keep building in Web3. Let's go with that one. Let's do nope, it. Still not going to end that show on that one. All right. Peace. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. <laughs>